Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and we're going to be talking about mega joy. In fact, we've been, we've been discussing uh, Christmas songs, and this morning especially, we're going to be talking about joy to the world. How many of you know, know the world needs joy? Amen? The world needs joy. And joy is something that comes or came literally down from heaven into our lives. And if you forget anything else that you're taught this morning or that is preached today, just remember this, that Jesus came low, that Jesus came little. No matter how much life enlarges or larges your, your territory or your tent, stay low, stay little. That's where the joy is at. Come on. The joy is, is low. If you think about your Christmas trees at home, and hopefully you got one, amen? I got mine up. Listen, I didn't have anything to do with it, though. I enjoy watching. But all the presents are low. The presents, the gifts, are low. They're not up high. And if you think about Christ, he came to the lowest. And what we're going to see is a theme in Luke's Gospel of God showing us an upside-down kingdom. A kingdom that starts with the lowest. The little people. And God is consistently using people that are at the lowest place in the littlest place. And He's gifting them to bring joy to the world. And so this morning I want to talk about that. I'm going to give you a few key moments in the, in the uh, text Maybe you might want to write a few of these things down. It'll help us understand the rest of the message. Here, I'm going to go ahead and read. Let's start with verse 8. Now there were in the same country, who? Shepherds. Now we look at those people, shepherds, and we think of our, the last Christmas play we've seen. We probably remember seeing like little Caleb and Nathan dressed up, right? And how cute they are. But shepherds were low people. Say low how low can you go? They were low people. Remember that. It says they were living out in the fields. Now you see how low they are. You don't live in a field, do you? Neither do I. And you must understand that when they would protect their sheep at night, they would build this circle of stones. They'd leave a gap or an opening in front, and they would lay across that opening. And that would be the door. And then Jesus Christ comes along later and says, Hey, I'm the, I'm the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, You know what? My sheep hear my voice. And interestingly enough, this is where they'd make their bed. To protect the sheep. To be the door for the sheep. I don't know about you, but I need, I've got a, I've got a, I'm going, I'm going to confess. I've got a $5,000 mattress. How do you like me now? I do. Now listen, you, you, don't, you don't have a pastor that's asking for a jet. I don't need a car. I don't need a, I don't need a big old Lincoln stretch with curb feelers and ground effects. You, don't, you won't see me driving something like that. But man, when I get ready to go to sleep, I want to sleep on something good. Amen. Two amens. <laughs> I'll spend the money on a mattress. 
It says they were living out in the fields, keeping watch, that's important, over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. They won't be afraid for long. Watch this. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, or good news, the gospel, right, of great joy, of great joy. Let's do a little Greek here. Great is mega. We all get that, don't we? You, you just need to be a Sam's Club member. And you understand mega. Come on now. You, you go get the peanut butter that's like this. It's, it's the peanut butter. It's the King Kong serving of peanut butter. Do you really need that much? Yes, you do. You go and you get everything mega, right? That's the understanding of the joy here. Now, the word here for joy in the Greek, chara, or kara, is the same word in the Greek, watch this, for grace. Charis. It's the same word in the Greek for gifting. So think about this, charismatic. Kara equals joy. Stay with me. It equals gifted. And it equals grace. Same word. He says, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring you the kitty size. God doesn't want you to have a little bit, just a tiny bit of joy. I'm getting you the Sam's Club King Kong size mega jar of peanut butter. And that's the kind of joy I want you to have. Now that's more than enough. That's that listen, that's not just enough, that's more than enough for those rascals you work with. Or those rascal of neighbors you got to live by. Or that rascal of a spouse you got to left the toilet seat up one more time, didn't take out the trash, and the cap ain't on the toothpaste ever. But you got mega joy. You got a, you got a Sam's Club size. You say, Pastor, I didn't read any of that in that verse. Your, your exposition is terrible. Watch this. It says, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David. This is a small town, about 700 people. Uh, same today. Towns sometimes are, are, are known more for what comes out of them, right, than their actual name. We know this is Bethlehem, but David came out of this town, and the angel's trying to set us up to understand who's coming. A king is coming from this town, from this small town. A king is coming. But watch how he comes, because you're going to see three names here used. And these are names I want you to write down so that you understand the hierarchy or the descending God to ascend you and I. Watch this. The first thing the angel says is this. He says, a savior. Now, 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 now in the Greek, we've got soteri, or that's where we get soteriology, salvation. In the Hebrew, though, we've got the word Yeshua. So Savior, who's he saving people from? This is where Jesus begins. This is where joy begins. He's saving people from themselves. That's where the Savior comes to. Everyone's expecting the Meshach or the Messiah, the Messiah, to save us from Rome. But God says, I'm not going to start there. I'm going to start with saving you from you. That's why Savior is mentioned first. I want you to see the progression 
the descendancy or ascendancy of God and his work in your life. God says he's going to show up first to save you from your own sins. That ought to bring you joy. But God doesn't stop there. The next thing he does is says, who is Christ? In the Greek is Christos. This is anointed one. In the Hebrew, this would be Mashiach, Messiah. He's not just going to save you from you. He's going to save you from this fallen world in this world system. You understand he's going to start with you and your heart and your sins. That's pretty low. Then he's going to go a little bit higher and he's going to take, he's going to save you from the entire world. But it doesn't stop there. You got even more joy in this mega peanut butter jar. As you dip your chocolate down into it and take a little bite, because you know that's how to roll. Doesn't just call him Savior. Doesn't just call him Christ. The angel says, the Lord. Kyrie. In the, in, in the Old Testament, you might say Adonai. This is, this is where later Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. Even in Jesus Christ is Lord, we see his earthly name, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, his heavenly name, Lord. Now he's going to save you from all of evil. All the universe will know that he's Lord. But he's starting with your own heart. Then he's going to fix the world. Then he's going to fix things in heaven and earth. And we'll all bow, even Satan. Even the devil will bow and say that he's Lord. But he doesn't start there. He brings joy to your heart. He doesn't start in heaven and in earth. He starts with you. And he starts with me. He comes low. He came low. And that's what I want you to get today. I want you to see that these lowly shepherds heard the great good news. And it brought them mega Joy, so much so, the Bible says later that they end up following to where Christ is born. They see the Christ. Then the Bible says they go out and they begin to spread this news. And the people were amazed by shepherds. We got to unpack this a little bit. Because we, we think of shepherds pretty highly. And you should. God refers to himself as such. But in first century A.D., these ears would not have heard shepherds this way. Some of the things that the Talmud tells us, that the, the Jewish laws would tell us, that the shepherds could not give witness or testimony in courts. If it came from a shepherd, or if a lady, by the way. Isn't it interesting that from God from the beginning and the end is always using people you least expect? Because who are the ones that first, who, who are the ones that first witnessed the resurrection? Women, and God says, I'm picking you who wouldn't stand up in a testimony in a court of law. I'm picking you as the ones that are going to tell the whole world I'm alive. But way over here at the beginning, God says, and I'm picking shepherds. Shepherds are going to be the ones that go and tell everybody. Who were these guys? They couldn't testify in a court of law. They were, they were uh, um, deemed unclean, so much so that they were conscribed or conscribed at times to bury the dead. Nobody wanted to deal with that job. It was too unclean. Let's let the, you know, who wants to eat it? Hey, Mikey. Hey, Mikey, he likes it. Let the shepherds eat it. So they had to deal with that job. These shepherds were considered low class, just a hair above the lepers. They did unclean things. They touched unclean things. 
we know, and we've probably heard and studied this before, that the sheep that they were watching were probably the ones, so interesting, probably the sheep that were offered up as a sacrifice. And yet they were willing to leave these sheep to go find and worship the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. If you think about these guys, they were unable to attend temple services. Now this is pivotal because they weren't allowed to go in and worship the religious way. And yet, a God who wished to have relationship came to the most relational people, the lowest, and said, I want you to tell the world, not religiously, I want you to tell the world I love them. So I'm picking you. And the job got done because God picked right. Don't you ever walk into this church or out of this church and say, God can't use me. You're just the candidate. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? How you doing, minister? Yeah, you too. Yeah, I, actually, actually, the lower you are, the higher the consistency of what God wants to do in your life. <laughs> no, pastor, just you, please. Do you know who, do you know who your pastor is? <laughs> do you know my background? God picks the low-hanging fruit and uses them to do great and mighty things. So he takes these relational people who can't do anything religionally and says, hey, I'm going to use you to bring the gospel to the world. So no matter how large life gets, you want to learn to stay low. You want to learn to remain little. You know, recently, God was uh, giving me kind of a picture. My wife was, uh, was putting our Christmas tree together. And how many of you know that ladies are sentimental? Okay, just me. I, you know, sometimes I wonder if I have a friend. Okay, I, maybe I do. But each one of the, each one of the ornaments that go on the tree have a, ha, has a story. So, so here's what happens every year, partially because, you know, I'm still being healed from all the drugs I took before I got saved, but I don't remember any of this stuff. Or maybe it's just because I'm a dude. Any guys with me? But my wife can tell you the date, the time, every one of these, every one of these ornaments that goes on the tree, she can tell you a story about it. So she'll put one on and she'll say, remember this, remember this, and I'll go, <laughs> and I'm really lying. I'm like, no, I don't remember a thing. But she'll put it up on the tree, and she'll start really low, and then she'll go up higher. And it tells a story of, of our life. And God began to show me the Christmas tree, and he began to show me that really, it almost looks like the ladder of life. And God began to say, this is a little bit of a story of your life, Glenn. And I want to share that with you. Maybe I'm the only one this morning that has had this experience. But maybe you've had it too. You see, back in my 20s, way down here, back in my 20s with my wife, I wasn't six. I didn't have a thing. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any success. If you could think about this hierarchy here, this ladder of life, on one end it might be money. On the other end it might be success. Way down here at the bottom, I didn't have anything. But I did have everything. The presents <laughs> were down here. And how many of you know, when you, when you go to unwrap presents, you're always wanting to you, you, you unwrap the big one last, right? And the, and the big one is, the big one in Christmas is Jesus. We, we get to, in the scriptures, unwrap him first. 
Yeah, he's the first one wrapped in swaddling clothes. Did you know, did you know that uh, when Jesus died, he was wrapped the same way? There's a story here. There's a symbionty here between his beginning and his resurrection, a new beginning. But we get a Jesus that is wrapped, and he's the biggest presence. How many of you know that, that the present of Christmas is the presence of Christ? That's what brings joy. And i got to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, not to sound too much like Ecclesiastes here, but I sometimes felt like I had more of Christ when I had nothing. When I was the lowest and the littlest, I had my kids, I had my health. You say, Pastor, are you dying? No, I'm just chubby. You see me up here sweating, man? I'm chubby. I didn't have any money. There were times to, 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 just to go to McDonald's was a big deal. We just didn't have it. But I had, we had each other. We had Jesus. We had joy. We had so much joy. And I remember, you know, as my, as my life began to progress, uh, the higher I got, I started to get more success and more money. I started to find, find out who I was in my career. We even ask people to identify this way. Hey, what do you do? What do you do doesn't matter. It's who you are. You know? But, but, but this is what happened. I started climbing the ladder of success. But then I started to see my, well, then the higher I got, then the less of my family I had. My kids went away to school. But then they came back. Then they went away again. And as, the, as I climbed and ascended the hierarchy of life, then they left and got married. You say, well, pastor, you got grandkids coming, but hey, they grow up and leave too. And as I began to climb the, the, the ladder of the Christmas tree of life, you know, then it, then it gets to the point to where it's just you and your wife, and you always say, well, I just can't, this is, this is the greatest time ever, really? Really? Boy, it sure was nice back there when we had nothing, but had it all. We were little and low, and didn't realize how much we had. And how much joy was in it. Then you get up to this place and, well, now you're, you get older and your health starts to leave you. And I don't want to get too depressing here, but I want to tell you, this is life. Then you get up here and at some point your spouse will go home to see the Lord. And then at some point you're all alone. This is, this is life. But I'm just, I, I've never had any more money than right now. I, I, you know, I'm financially independent. Things have never been better. My life has been a success. But the higher I go in life, the more the things I really enjoy are with the Lord. Until finally, my life's even taken. And what I want to tell you this morning is this. If you think that joy is found in anything that can be taken from you, you will lose your joy at some point on the ladder. Joy doesn't come from the things that can be taken from you. Joy comes from the things that can't be taken from you. And Jesus Christ cannot be taken from you. His spirit will not be taken from you. His grace, his gifting will not be taken from you. All of these things bring joy. Is it fun to be with family? Is it fun to be with your spouse? Is it wonderful to have your kids? Yes, but these are places to bring your joy to. Not from. 
I hear this all the time. People want to end their marriage because you don't make me happy anymore. That wasn't your source of joy to begin with, goober. Don't you wish you could just say that? You are a goober. That's a place to bring, give your joy to. The source of joy is Jesus. He is the source. Did you know it's a fruit of the Spirit? It's produced by the Spirit of Christ in all of us. Out, not in. Down, not high. And this is why the mega joy comes to lowly shepherds so that the world could see how it all works. God wants to come down. He was transcendent, but yet He became imminent. He was incarnate, in flesh, came as low as you could possibly come as a baby to be born in a small, low city, Bethlehem, to show the world where joy starts. And it starts in your heart. You say, Pastor, I, I'm just waiting for everything to get right so I can have joy. That day had never come. You'll get joy in heaven, that's it. You'll die, then joy. But you can have joy here on earth. If you could start connecting it with Christ, the greatest gift of, of Christmas is the present of His presence. And His joy came down and it came low, right to where you are. No, it didn't come to Pharisees. You know why it didn't come to Pharisees? You know why it didn't come to kings? Because they would have thought they deserved it. It's like these two cool teenagers that get their first cell phone. And you know, you, you never had them? You, you don't know these, these teenagers that try to be too cool? Okay, just me. But mine all went through a phase, kind of a phase, where it wasn't kind of cool to, to be with the crazy, hairy dad. Right? And we'd be in public and stuff, and they'd say, Dad, 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 you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing me. You're loud. I go over to see my daughter in Tokyo, and she's like, Dad, you don't understand. Um, nobody here acts like you. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> just, just stop, Dad. He didn't come to dignified people because they would have said, this kind of message doesn't do anything for our dignity. It's too undignified. And like David, dancing before the Lord in his underwear, in his underoos, he said, I'll be even more undignified than this. You know, this is my Lord and my God. And, and, and I'm willing to worship Him in little ways, in ways that do not leave me proud, that, do, that leave me humbled, little and small. There's a theme in Luke. Luke's theme is, is, is really apparent. You, you see it right away. Luke being a great historian, a, a companion of Paul, wants us to understand how the kingdom works. It's the upside-down kingdom of God. So he tells us a story, and it's a story of a, of a carpenter's father and a peasant mother and, and an ox and a donkey and sheep and shepherds. Luke didn't start with Herod. Luke didn't, Luke didn't, start, Luke didn't start with the religious leaders or the scribes. You're going to tell the greatest story ever told with an ox? Have you ever been near an ox? They smell bad this isn't how to tell the great the greatest story ever told and yet luke wants us all to know that the person that's struggling financially is just the person that the good news and the great joy has come to 
the lowest. And then God uses that. We also think of that ladder of life. And we think, somehow I must ascend. Somehow I've got to climb it. When I'm young, I think this way. When I'm young, there's some way I've got to get up to the top. I've got to have seniority at work. I have tenure sat on a pew. I have ascended. Well, congratulations, Sherlock. Really. Think about this for a moment. Think about this. The higher you climb, the more you leave the place that Jesus is bringing joy to. So stay small. Stay little. Stay low. Think about this also. The higher you go in the hierarchy of life, the less room you have for mistakes. The less room you have for any error. The more responsibility and pressure comes to your life. Can I tell you something this morning? Every human being that is 25 or older and pays their own bills needs to have a stamp on their back that says contents under pressure. Are you with me? That's life. The, the higher you try to go, the more responsibility, the more pressure, the harder it is to live, and the less joy you possibly have. You ever go to Walmart and you grab one of those carts? And you, you, How many of you know there's so many people sometimes, right, like right now, it's at, there's, a, there's, there's Hades and then there's a Walmart right here. <laughs> if you go right now, and here's what happens to me. I go into Walmart. And every honking time, I mean, I lose my joy because I get a cart, and now I'm committed. There's too many people behind me. I can't turn around and get another one. And one of the wheels is going, and the other one's flat, bent, and stuck. And I'm leaving a mark, a black trail, all the way down. How many of you, just like me, you're just like, well... I'm committed now. I'm stuck with this cart. And I get my stuff and, and, just, and I lose my joy over a stupid shopping cart. And, 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 you know, I could just go get another one, but I just, I'm stuck in life. And sometimes I feel like, okay, thanks, God. You gave me a cart in life with, with a wiggle wheel and, and a bent, stuck wheel. And I just feel like I'm just pushing all the time. And it's hard. And I forget where my joy is. I forget that it's in Christ. I look at my circumstances. I look at the cart that, that life's given me, my lot in life, and I say, where's the joy? It's still there in Christ. It's still there in your heart. But, but, but I know you're like me. I'm too proud to push that kind of cart. Come on, man, I work hard. This is my day off. I'm going to see people in Walmart. And they're going to see this mug. And this countenance is going to be all wrapped up in the fact I'm pushing. And you see me for, hey, pastor, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> What's your problem? I don't mean to pick on him. Pastor Cooper works at one of the Walmarts. Every time I see him, I put on the biggest, fakest smile I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Because he's my predecessor, and I, I look up to him, you know? I don't want him to think... I don't want him to think that I'm a, you know, a schmuck, but I am. I'm a schmuck. Pushing a broken cart through life, just like you. Should be too proudful to say it. You're just like me. Stuff ain't working. It ain't working. And it makes you feel low. And if you could just laugh at it, 
if you could just enjoy that you're alive and get to even push a cart. You know, there'll be a day when somebody's pushing you in a cart. And then you'll be pushing up flowers. All right, Pastor. Yeah. And we lose it over the smallest little things, man. But stay little, stay low, and you don't, you don't have to lose your joy anymore. You can be right where God wants you to be. And you know, the joy of, of Christmas is wrapped up in, and watch this, in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Paul says, always be joyful. Always. That, that's impossible if you're, if you're looking at your cart. You've got to switch from your focus from your cart to Christ. And, and, and focus in on Him. Because stuff's going to start falling apart, not only in your cart. And, and, and if you're not careful, you'll lose it, man. You, you'll lose what God has given you. Listen, again, joy doesn't come in the things that will leave you. Joy comes in the, in the one thing that can't be taken away. And that's Christ. That's Jesus. It comes in the descending of life, not the ascending of life. Can I, can I demonstrate this for you? I want to give a demonstration, and, and then I just have a couple of points, and I'll close. Is that okay? Does that sound good? I, I'm going to ask, how many of you love, how many of you love Mr. Ryan? There he is right there. Give him a hand, would you? You know what was so cute? I said, how many of you love Mr. Ryan? I didn't even get all Ryan all the way out of my mouth. And Allison goes, oh! Remember Arnold Horshack? Remember Arnold Horshack? I mean, just, I, that's, that's so cute and sweet. That's perfect. Perfect. I want to demonstrate how these shepherds gives us a story of joy and how joy works in our life. But I want to do it with music. Is that okay? How many of you noticed that on this ladder this morning that there were, there were eight tiers? How many of you know that in music, when you play a scale... It goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight is an octave. And it tells a story. Music tells a story of the glory. And, and, and in each of these tiers, I want you to think of them as life notes. And we're going to talk about how life could be if you, if you walked like the shepherds and enjoyed the presence of Jesus Christ. Okay? Ryan, I, if we're going to talk about Christ, we probably need to use the C scale because that would, C would be he's looking at me like quit buttering the bread dude <laughs> all right so we're going to use a c scale this morning and we're going to ascend that scale and would you just play each of those notes of the c scale for us this morning you got to do that at the end do re mi fa sole dinner okay so what is the last one? Ra or? Oh, it's dough. Okay, cool. I say dinner. It's my church. All right, so each of these is a note ascending. What if we played it backwards? What if we seen and heard the Christmas story the way God brought it in the upside down kingdom where, where, where the first shall be last, where he that seeks to gain his life will lose it, but he that seeks to lose his life Life will gain it. Where the giver, not the receiver, is the one blessed. This is all upside down, but it's all how joy works. Could you play that scale the other way? Down. Awesome. Got goosebumps on that last one. 
So what if we stayed that way? But what if we also, like the shepherds, they, they were taking watch, they were pausing as they watched their sheep, and then the angel came and brought them good news of great joy. So there needs to be some pauses in there. So Ryan, this time, play the scale descending and put the pauses in. Come on, hallelujah. What? Thank you, sir. That was awesome. Let's just go home, man. You're there. There's nothing to say after that. That's the story. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Wow. Did, did you know that joy to the world actually wasn't written about the first advent, the first coming? Isaac Watts wrote this song. It was about the second coming. It was a song that talks about the Savior reigning as king. He didn't come that way the first time. But his name's Savior. Remember? What's the next one? I'm going to quiz you. Christ and Lord. That's where he's headed. That's where he's coming. Here again, down. And what does he tell us to do? To watch. For he's coming. He says, when all these bad things begin to happen, real low here on earth, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Isaac Watts wanted us to understand that the king is coming again. And this time when he comes, he's going to make the world right. Because he's already, well, I hope this morning, made your heart right. And he's going to make the universe right. And the spiritual realm, right. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So these shepherds, what did they do? They went in the right direction. And I want to ask you this morning, are you living your life in the right direction? Just as Ryan played that scale, we had to get it to go the right direction. 